The world is an ever-changing place. The question is, is it getting worse or better? You know, we watch news reports and it can be hard to take the things we see in our world. Not only is the world changing, but we're changing. We're getting older. Things change. Is there any constant? Is there any solid foundation? Well, the Bible answers that question emphatically. It says the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you know Him? Do you know the stability that comes from being in a relationship with Him? We'll find out more about that today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. You bear the moral character of God. You have been given creative abilities and the ability to work and to think and to reason and to be a change agent in this world. Use your life. Your life is an opportunity. One of the great opportunities of all time. And many of our young people are checking out because they don't know if life's even worth living. That's a lie. James would say, don't be deceived by that lie. Your life is a great opportunity to use for the glory of God. God made the great light, Psalm 136, verse 7. His loving kindness is everlasting. The sun to rule by day. His loving kindness is everlasting. The moon and the stars to rule by night. His loving kindness is everlasting, Psalm 136, verses 7 through 9. Uh, Jeremiah writes, after he goes through the new covenant, where God will write his laws on the hearts of the nation of Israel. He says, thus says the Lord who gives the sun for light by day and fixed uh, order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. He's the creator. The world that we live on is just far enough from the sun that we don't melt. The moon has a big impact in the order of things in our lives. The air that we breathe, the world we enjoy is a gift from our Father. And he made the heavenly lights so that you could get a suntan in the summer. Just make sure you put on your sunscreen, right? Have you ever just watched the sunset and went, the other day I, I was at home and my wife likes to take pictures and the sky was just whew, with all these different colors of purple and blue. And I was like, Brenda, get your camera, get your camera. God is an artist, man. Woo-wee. It's incredible. And there are people on the other side who want to tell you this is a cosmic accident. The result of an explosion millions and millions of years ago, right? Your eye, your brain, a bird in flight on a sunset. I mean, think about how silly that is. That's science? Now, there are things that I don't understand about God. There are times when I don't get what he's doing. But God says, even if that's the case, I don't change. I am the father of lights. I am good. One ancient writer says that, uh, attributes the, the language to astronomy at the end of verse 17. Shadow of turning describes the movement of heavenly bodies that produce constantly changing shadows on the earth. One ancient writer referred to it as the change of seasons. Epicetus, I think, was his name. 
James may be using a polemic or a rebuttal or an argument against the ancient notion in some religious circles that your life was bound to the fate of the stars. This is, uh, there's modern expressions of it, but people, you know, they read, what, what is it, their horoscope, and they look for the alignment of the stars, and something like this. It used to be that you'd open a newspaper and go, oh, it's gonna be a bad day today. Why? Because Saturn and, 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 and Leo, and then they're aligned in a certain order. Wow. The planets are doing this, thus I'm going to have a horrible day. And then someone gets on the 91 and says, see, the traffic's terrible. Hey, that's not the alignment of the planets, brother. That's too many cars on one road in Southern California. That's all that is. The stars are giving me the omen that it's going to be a bad day. No, they aren't. God breathed out the stars. The stars don't control your life. They don't control your fate. But some people in the early church may have been hearing other belief systems and said, oh, maybe this is the stars are doing this to me. Listen to Richard Dawkins of Oxford University, renowned evolutionary thinker. I just heard Ravi Zacharias say that recently, Dawkins is even starting to deny that evil exists because he knows that if he has to admit to evil, then he has to say there's a standard of good. And then if there's a standard of good, where does that good come from? And it leads you back to a moral lawgiver who is God. Well, you know, that's a problem. Here's Dawkins. In a universe of, of blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt, other people are going to get lucky, and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it nor any justice. The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect. If there is at the bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. DNA neither knows nor cares. DNA just is, and we dance to its music. Or as poet A.E. Hausman put it, I, a stranger and afraid, in a world I never made. Or as one evolutionary thinker put it, he said, you know, the prospects of a God or no God both frighten me to the core. If there is a God, that scares me because I don't know him. This is, this is an evolutionist atheist. If there is no God, I'm also frightening, frightened because we're in a ball in the middle of space and nobody's steering. Both possibilities frighten me. May I say to said evolutionary atheist, how about you become a Christian and meet the one who's steering? That'd be good. But it's hard in some of these circles for them to say, I've become a theist. I've become a believer in God because they think that they'll be painted as dumb or unscientific. No, that's just flat false. God is the creator. He's the father of lights. And there's no variation in him. This is used in Greek for the setting of teeth in a saw, for stones set alternately, for a sequence of beacons or even seasons. It could connote the movement of heavenly bodies. Some see this as periodic movements of heavenly bodies or even of an object in orbit, perhaps to the phases of the moon or even a shadow cast by an eclipse. 
Perhaps the constant alternation of night and day, the change of light intensity, full light at midday, dim light at dusk, no light at night, sunrise, sunset, we might say. Things change, but God doesn't change. In him, there is no variation or shifting shadow. I, the Lord, do not change, it says in Malachi 3.6. Therefore, you, Israel, are not consumed. If I change my mind, you know, I told that person I would love them and accept them into my kingdom, but today I've looked at Michael and thought, you know, I've changed my mind. Oh, Lord, no! Please don't change your mind about me based upon my performance. Grace, I want grace and all that I can get. And the Bible says, he who began a good work in you will complete it to the day of Christ. Aren't you grateful that on your worst day, God says, I still love you. I know it's a mystery. I know it's perplexing. Sometimes I look at other people and say, God, how can you still love them? Answer that one. <laughs> I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about them. But God is the same Hebrews 1.3, talking about Jesus, says, he is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature. Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power, Hebrews 1.3. When he made purifications of sins for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. All things were created by Jesus, Colossians 1.16, by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The creator of the sun, moon, and stars is Jesus. Your Savior, your Lord, your Redeemer is steering the ship. Do you believe in him? Have you trusted him? Jesus the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8 says it. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so um, I want to show you in the book of Hebrews, just the book before James, Hebrews 1, the writer is celebrating the superiority of Jesus to angels and to everything else. And in Hebrews 1, 8, just the, the book before James, he says, of the Son, the Father is speaking of his Son, Jesus. But of the Son, he says, Hebrews 1.8, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. The Father is calling the Son God in Hebrews 1.8. Uh, here is the Trinity. Continuing to speak of the Son, the Father says of him, You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God... Thy God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy companions. Now, God's throne is forever and ever. The Father is continuing to talk about his son in verse 10, and he says, Thou, Lord, in the beginning did lay the foundations of the earth. The heavens are the works of thy hands. They will perish, but thou remainest. They will all become old as a garment, even the creation. And as a mantle, thou will roll them up. As a garment, they will also be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years will what? Not come to an end. Even what we think is so constant, sun, moon, and stars, one day God's going to roll it up. 
because he made it and the constant is not the creation. The constant is the creator. Everybody understand? We think, oh, well, but this is what I see, but what we see is... Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. The constant is the creator. Everybody understand? We think, oh, well, but this is what I see. But what we see is the product of the one who made it. He formed the earth. The heavens are the works of his hands. They will perish, but you endure. Psalm 102, 25, and 26. Here's the application. Broken man needs to rise in his awareness of the unchanging God. My circumstances have changed, but you don't change. And that's where I'm going to anchor my hope. I know it's not easy when it's happening to us, but God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And one of the great goods that God did for us as we finish up this message in James 1 is in the exercise of his will, James 1.18 he brought us forth by the word of truth. The create, God is good. Let's just go down the list. God is good. The creation he made is good. In Genesis 1, he kept saying, he would make something and he would say what? It is good. It's good. It's good, right? The one thing he said wasn't good was for man to be alone, but everything else he said, it's good. It's good. It's good. God is good. The creation he made is good. Don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. And one, one other thing that we need to see in this particular verse is in the exercise of God's will, he did something else that's incredibly good. He brought us forth. He caused us to be born again by the word of truth. That's just another way of saying the gospel. You want to know if God's good? He could have just said to us humans, yes, I made the world, but you messed it up. Therefore, Lots of luck. <laughs> or he could have just destroyed everything and he came close in the flood, right? And he could have just said, I'm done with humans. How many times in your life have you said, I'm done? I'm done with that situation. I'm done with that person. I'm done with this. I'm done with that. How many th times a day do you think God could say, you know what? I'm done. Going on, I'm going on vacation, he might say to Michael the archangel. You steer for a while. <laughs> no, right? But God doesn't do that. God is good. And he decided in the exercise of his will to rescue us when we had sinned by the word of truth. That's simply the gospel so that we might be, as it were, 
the first fruits. This is a way of saying the first of the sheaves, the first of the crops, the promise of a fuller harvest. Many believe that the first fruits here in verse 18, since James is uh, addressing early Christians who were Jewish, the early uh, church was Jewish, and they were the first fruits saved on the day of Pentecost. Remember when Peter preached, which is a harvest day in the imagery of Israel. They're the down payment of a whole harvest that would be happening over the next couple thousand years. You are the first fruits of hopefully many in your family. Should the Lord tarry, you are the first fruits of hopefully many generations that will believe. Are you structuring your family in that way? Are you saying, hey, even if previous generations were not Christians, we're going to be the first fruits of many generations to come who will believe in the gospel, who will trust in the word of truth? This is what God did in his free will. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth. Instead of the, the image of sin, kind of in, in the idea of reproduction, coming to full growth and bringing forth death, God did something with kind of reproductive imagery and brought us forth but to life instead of death. We've been born again from above. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he will not what? He won't see the kingdom of God. Born again literally means you must be born from above. You must have a spiritual birth. That's John 3, 3. One of God's great gifts is one day he tapped you on the shoulders, may, may, shoulder, maybe multiple days. Hello. He's a seeker of the lost. You must be born again. But I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing, Lord. I'm seeing people. I'm, I'm, I'm doing business. You must be born again. But I'm over here doing this. And sometimes what happens is we have to hit the wall before we open the door to the knock. And God is not willing that any perish but all come to repentance. In him, you also, after listening to the message, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 1.13 and then 1 Peter 1.23 says, you've been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is through the living and abiding word of God. God is good. He made a good creation. And one of the great expressions of his goodness is that he saved you. Can I get a witness? Anybody out there one day saying, life preserver, please. And God didn't say, Mm, dog paddle a little bit more. <laughs> Work. Now, the moment we say, save me, Lord, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The life preserver is going to come. He will in no wise cast out anybody who comes to him. This is the message. God is good. And one of his great gifts to us is salvation. Are you born again to a living hope? Have you experienced the goodness of God? Have you tasted and seen the Lord is good? Once you taste of him, nothing else will satisfy. You can try. You can try to go back to those old ways, those broken cisterns, those old haunts, and all it's going to do is show you once again that God is good. And the rest of the stuff, you can have it. Jesus, the same. Yesterday, 
today and forever. A rich young ruler came up to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's no one good but God alone. Jesus wasn't denying that he was good or that he was God. He was trying to get the rich young ruler to get in touch with his statement. Why do you call me good? If you're gonna call me good, you must believe I'm God because there's no one good but God alone. Now I'm gonna take you to one more verse and the preacher promises, this is the last verse. It's the book of Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Look at verse 38. Acts 10, if the worship team can hear my voice, please come on up. Acts 10, 38. Peter's in the house of Cornelius preaching to the Gentiles. The door has been opened to the gospel uh, for them. And here's what he says, Acts 10, 38. He says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he, Jesus, went about what? Doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus Christ, Peter says, you know about him? How God brought him into this world and he went around anointed by the Holy Spirit, anointed by power, and Jesus went about doing good. Everybody just park for a second. The book of James is about living out your faith. And one of your greatest expressions of being a Christian is that you go about doing good. Goodness is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And James is going to challenge us throughout this book, and there's more to come. He's going to say, hey, in verse 19, every one of you, be quick to listen to God's word. Slow to speak. Don't judge him. Slow to anger. Don't get upset. Don't get this wrong. God is good. And what God wants you to do in your journey on this earth until you go to be with the Lord is he wants you to go about doing good. And you know what you're going to find? If you become a person who goes around doing good instead of a person who just sits and listens, if you become a, not just a hearer of the word, James 1.22 theme verse of the book, but a doer of the word, you are going to be blessed. You're going to find what James is saying life is about, what true faith is about. You say you're a Christian, James would say to us, show me. Start going about doing good. What's your ministry? Is your ministry to, you know, single moms, to seniors, to families, to men or, men's or women's uh, ministries? Go down the list. Has God called you to go out into our community and start a new ministry to help some people who don't know that God is good yet? How are you going to make the most of this great gift? You've been given a life. Soon it will be passed. Only what you do for Christ is going to last. This world is going to be rolled up one day. Everything we put so much stock in. Oh, I just got this new toy. Uh, I wax it at first, just like everybody else. You know, oh. And then the first scratch it gets. Ah! <laughs> and then all of a sudden you realize it's just a thing. It doesn't matter. What matters is that I go about reflecting my creator and doing good. And I know this congregation is filled with people who have that heart. Amen? Let's continue to do that.
Let's go out this week and say, Lord, use me to show someone your goodness. Use me to show my family your goodness because you are good. And I don't have to produce it. Goodness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I just have to yield to it. I just have to say, Lord, use me this day. I don't have much to offer, but what I have, here it is. If you can do anything with this, please. And God says, okay, good. Buckle your seatbelt. Because I'll take you on a journey to show you how you can touch other people. Father, we thank you so much for the book of James. Thank you that James is so direct, but so gracious at the same time. We know that he didn't even really believe until after the resurrection. He had to be confronted with the resurrected Christ. And many of us are slow. <laughs> We're slow of heart to believe, but help us, Lord, to align our lives with heaven's priorities. I pray for every person in this room, from the youngest one here to the most senior adult, Every one of us has breath in our lungs and an opportunity to redeem our lives for your glory. I want to ask you with your head and heart bowed, if you've not met Jesus, you've not met the good one. God is good. He sent his son. He loves you. If you, if you have questions and maybe you thought, well, I don't know if God is good, don't, don't look any further than the cross. God is good. He loves you. And he's going to ask you to receive him as your Lord and Savior. So right now, just pause for a moment. This is the most important decision you can make in your life. And if you've not made it official, something like this, Lord God, pray it if it's you. Lord God, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe, Lord, in your death on the cross, Lord Jesus, and your resurrection from the dead. Pray it if it's you. I'm gonna turn from my sins right now, and I place my trust in you as my Lord, my Savior, and my King. Thank you that you're good. Thank you that you showed that goodness at the cross. Thank you that you are so full of love. And thank you that you don't change even on my worst day. You still love me. Help me to be more like that, Lord. This week as I go out, let me just reflect your goodness to others. Instead of making it about me, help me to put aside me and be good to people. And may that, that goodness open up opportunities to preach the word of truth, the hope of the gospel. Lord, may you bless the precious people here with a fresh, uh, just blessing of the knowledge of your goodness and a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit to go out and shine your goodness to this community. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen. Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. 
www.walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.